How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going okay. It's going That's okay. Good. I'm doing pretty well. Nobody fucking asked you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No one did. Jake's I like, had... I'm going to wait wait a week to share how I'm feeling. And we're like, <laughs> we don't care. We don't care. Yeah. Next, uh, next topic, please. <laughs> I take your answer. <laughs> that was that's one of my favorite things. And um, you ever seen like a, a court review or something like that, or an, an interview um, where they have witnesses for Congress or something like that? Um, and there's a question that they really, really don't want to answer. The most like legal, passive aggressive way you can bypass that is like, I take your question. You just say that I take your question. That's and it. It's not even like I plead the fifth or just no response. It's... What? Well, plead the fifth is specifically like you aren't incriminating yourself, which the, this witness would be not in that situation normally. But, um, but yeah, just saying. I take your question. Like I have, it's it's the RX equivalent. I acknowledge that your question has been received. Oh, it's like I he- I heard you. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was it that did that? I feel like Comey did that for one question in the hearing. Um, I'll be I honest, like, I didn't Oof. watch that because it seemed super fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, Ramifications be damned. Um, <laughs> right. I can read a news article or a snippet about the proceedings and then go from there. <laughs> Everything seems more serious uh, <laughs> since then. <laughs> it kind of puts things a little more in perspective, I guess. But Yeah, remember when it was just like, did this person get elected by illegal <laughs> means and now we're just like we we got other shit to worry about <laughs> i still remember like does bruno mars is gay you know back in the day man did you ever see man those days uh, i don't know if you ever saw that game grumps but if not i'm gonna have to link it to you later it's a fun one uh i'm just making references to things people who listen to us will never probably know about so it's not a great sign but man, i had this is a this is our time. Oh, this there's this is a Jake food update. Yeah. Hello. Please proceed. It was, it was immediately prior to the uh, preparations for recording here. Um, the wonderful wife made pot roast with some like carrots and celery and some mashed potatoes and stuff. And my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> nice. I was just like, sometimes I'll like. Uh, go and like grab food, grab Taco Bell, grab food from somewhere, or whatever, or order food in. Jake doesn't like, cook. Oh, right. That's the TLDR. Yeah, that is the short of it. But if you do that for like a while, um, or even just eat pre-prepared food, sometimes like home cooked meals are just they're on another level. I think. Yeah, there's Which, like there's a certain joy to it. You visit that level level more than I do, I think, because you actually prepare food. I mean, yeah, blanket statement that is very true. But at the same time, recently, like tonight's dinner was uh, I made sandwiches. And by that, I mean, I went to Wegmans to get sandwich ingredients and then I cut the rolls in half and put stuff in between them and ate that. It's so already more it fancy than me. It wasn't I, much prep. <laughs> see, I buy pre-sliced bread, so I'm not even like, Jake, you know. Jake, hear me <laughs> out. That's a, that's a heathen's way to do it. 
<laughs> Never get pre-sliced bread. One, uh, it's probably not going to be the exact size you want. Two, mm. um, fucking cut your own sizes so you can get the size you want. And then three, it's going to be fresher if it's an actual loaf. I'll concede all the points except size. I feel like there's a relatively standard size for pieces of bread that Mm-mm. most people Mm-mm. mentally That's the imagine. one you've been co-opted into by the media. <laughs> the media. Because <laughs> if you think like, oh, what's a bread size? You're like, oh, here's a plain white slice of bread, right? Well, I, I don't know if white bread really... I know that there's forms of white bread that are tiny. Like, they're just well, like they're smaller, ba- baby, but I'm saying like if you, baby pieces. If you think of like a very standard grilled cheese what size yeah. do you imagine that to be because i would guess it's on you picture it as here's your white bread you got your cheese slices of whatever uh, mm. variety and then the other bread piece yeah yeah that's that's pretty much correct it's usually a wheat bread for us we don't really get white bread um it's a race thing hey jake all breads matter Oof, <laughs> yeah. oof. Oof. I, I mean, that's, that's true. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of breads that are kind of trash, um, or just I can't do plain white anymore. Great. Honestly, I like. I, I feel loaf. like if I white bread, I could see for exactly peanut butter and jelly, and that's like it. Um, but even then, I would probably prefer wheat. Yeah, like if I'm having like toast at a diner, give me some wheat toast. Mm-hmm. Give me a little little pat of butter, a little bit of jelly. Mm-hmm. The real money is on sourdough, though. The king of all breads. Sourdough solid. I'm still a sucker for challah, but I mean that's in my blood. <laughs> yeah, is I'm not Jewish. Oh. It's just actually in my blood. <laughs> right, <laughs> bread blood. That's that's that was a superhero power. <laughs> One of the mysteries. <laughs> How did he die? <laughs> Almost right. immediately. <laughs> Oh man. I was going to make a joke about how um this episode we were covering one of those games that was named after bread. But I can't remember the name of the game now. I think it was like a physics-based steam game. Well, it's just I, I, am, I bread. am bread, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the co-op, but it was with bread and you had to I think go from one place in a room to another. Yeah. I mm. remember trying to finagle onto a skateboard to go across and then try and climb up to the countertop and it was a nightmare yeah that octodad co-op they all kind of live in the the fake or not fake but like bad controls games purposefully bad control bad controls games Um, octodad dark souls you name it man yeah dark souls (laughs) um but i guess that's not really what we're here here to talk about no we wanted to kind of change it up tonight so like last week we covered the last of us right so we're like mm-hmm. we're not doing that again this week mm-hmm. we didn't have great reviews on that episode actually i don't think i heard any pods yeah. reviews on the previous episode um now i've very rarely heard positive reviews for any episode but and they're always in person but um but yeah last of us part two it's a different game. <laughs> it is. And it's so recent. I, I would like to give a verbal spo- spoiler warning just in case someone auto played here. Um, yeah, this literally just came out. And we actually. I think we both beat the game before we finished the editing for the last episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's safe to say. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty... we recorded 
we then yep. started playing the next game and then we're like and we're done oh we gotta post that thing right yeah yeah <laughs> it's kind of funny because you have to mentally keep them a little bit separate uh, but you also see all of the similarities they like stand out a lot i think yeah um, i'm glad that we did them close together because i have a shit memory so it's like hey do you remember that thing from two weeks ago i'm like kinda (laughs) (laughs) but if it's just a couple days that's easier to pull off Um, so yeah we'll spoil everything probably yeah so uh as needed yeah as as the whim demands (laughs) so where do we want to start with this so I guess uh, I don't know for me coming off of the first game um I think that was, do you think it's true that uh, finishing the first game before, like, was to lay the groundwork to cover the second game? Because I know we we both really enjoyed the first game. Yeah. It was, like, I think as of our last last week's episode, again, I have bad memory, too, but it was, like, top 15 game for me, like, all time. Oh, easy. And I definitely wanted to be able to cover Last of Us 2 pretty quickly. Um. So I think you could say there was hype, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. This was one <laughs> of the things. I remember when it was initially announced. E3 last year, is that right? It sounds about right. Big big squint. Because it was again, the trailer. Yeah. Bad. But mm-hmm. yeah, obviously had anticipation going into this. And it was not pre-ordered, but downloaded like same day it came out. Mm-hmm. Not that anybody from my current job would be listening, but I kind of stopped working, quote, quote, around like two. And I would like keep playing in like these intervals for like 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, what's going to happen next? Yeah. And I go back and do like a chore or something for work. You check the device or something. Nothing's on Uh, fire. Nobody messaged me. Cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I'm on support. It's passive availability. (laughs) Yeah. But this is. I can't imagine anybody playing this game without playing the first one that would be insane to me it's i mean it's not a standalone thing like there are like let's say monster hunter right you don't need to play mm -hmm. the previous monster hunters it's kind of like call of duty it's another title in the series but they're not dependent upon each other they're standalone entries right but this is a direct sequel and everything that happens in the game is based off the first one it's kind of it's kind of interesting i think I mean, both Call of Duty and uh, The Last of Us, do, I, as far as I understand, the main entries do have a plot that goes through the games. Um, I'm saying, if you just want to like get into one, you're mm-hmm. not going to be inhibited if you didn't play the previous title. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like you could, you could still make that argument for The Last of Us, but the difference I feel like is playing The Last of Us 2, basically playing the most recent Call of Duty, there's no reason to go back and play the, the earlier ones. Right, as far as I'm concerned, right? Gameplay is really similar, like you're saying, and unless you literally only care about the story, and that's a minor part of that series, I think, in my mind, um, you probably wouldn't want to go back. I could see someone finishing The Last of Us Two and being like, "I want to go see what happened in The Last of Us One." Like you, you'll know the major plot points because they give you a summary at the beginning um, of the events at the end, right, of the first game. But uh, yeah, it but doesn't I, devalue the playthrough, I think. 
I call bullshit on that entirely. Really? I think part of the appeal of one is obviously all the good things we've already said about it. Um, mm-hmm. But when you get to that end, the whole game is building to that point. So when that event happens at the end, it's very impactful. Right. So if you were to, let's say, start playing the second game before playing the first game, and they're like, hey, here's kind of a recap of some of the important things from one, a.k.a. just the very end. Yeah, you'd know the end of one. Yeah. So it would kind of diminish that entirely, in my my opinion. Counter Counterpoint to that, though. That's normally how Naughty Dog does storytelling in The Last of Us. They wait until you've experienced an event before they go back and they tell you what it meant. <laughs> That's like the way that they do storytelling. Because like even in their description of the previous episode, spoilers for both, the uh, the outcome of Joel, you know, executing the Fireflies or the last of the Fireflies, like in that group at the end, happens. Um, after you know that they've left, right? Like they love to, Naughty Dog loves to go back in time and be like, here's going on a feels trip is the term I like to use um, to make you feel something. And I feel like you could finish the last of, or play through the last of us two and then go back and see the formative experience of Joel pre outbreak and the loss of his daughter and like all of those moments uh, with Ellie and be like, Oh, this is like, I feel like I would fill in some of it. You'd like see the, the blocks come into place, but I don't know. I understand what you're saying. I still wholeheartedly disagree, but (laughs) that's fair. We don't have to agree on all of it. I would say that, um, it probably undermines the first game a bit knowing the end, uh, from the get go. Cause it kind of, um, it's a twist, right? Yeah. And it's not a twist if you know it from the start. So, but that being said, personal recommendation, if you have already played the last of us part two, for some reason, you haven't played the first one, still go back and play the first one. I think you'd still enjoy it. And for all the people I know who haven't played the last of us one, but have access to it, fucking play it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's solid and you shouldn't be here by now. That's my point. We've had at least three people use Dave's copy, maybe more, possibly hundreds. Uh, we don't keep, know where that I'll copy keep is. I'll pouring it around the state. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I got to say, uh, Last of Us 2, I know it's taken a whole lot of beating because I th- think some things were leaked initially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the plot, and then it got shit canned in reviews um, because of that. But I thankfully avoided everything. And just played over like two and a half, three days. I think Jake was probably in a similar boat. I uh, just getting it in. And while I do have some thoughts on like where th- some things went a little bit awry or could be improved, still thoroughly enjoyed the game. Um, was solid as far as gameplay and everything. I think that um, if people have seen negative reviews of this game online, it's probably mostly YouTube. Because mm-hmm. I actually, so I saw the Metacritic score before I played. I didn't check out any of the reviews because I already knew I was going to play it. So why check reviews? Um, but it has a 94 on Metacritic. So it has universal acclaim. Um, it's like in the top percentile of reviewed games. Um, I think people that have really negative 
opinions of the game almost have to take the position that the game is overrated by other reviewers. Cause you can be like, here's my opinion on the game and other people are also welcome to their own opinions. Mm-hmm. They, they had a different experience, but if you're like, this game was trash and then the professional reviewers are all giving it 94s, you have to be a conspiracy theorist a little bit at that point. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's not like all professional reviewers are, Depends on what they do, cough, <laughs> IGN, yeah, but makes you feel like Spider Man nine out of ten. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's for anything. I feel like you should always form your own opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But at least for our opinions on this, again, speaking for Jake, and I'll let him correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, really fucking love the gameplay of this. I feel like they took everything from the first one and then built on it. Yeah. They didn't like add a whole lot of things out of the blue, being like. What are these magical new mechanics? Yeah. Uh, but the things that they added really fit well into it. One of the big things that they demoed at E3 was kind of moving around the terrain and fitting through like these narrow corridors, mm-hmm. which before wasn't a thing, but they made it like a seamless transition going yeah. between rooms. Um, and you do oh. that a lot in the game. You can fucking go prone and go under stuff. You can sneak around a lot more. Um, but also they made the game more difficult in every fucking possible way. Mm-hmm. But I think it was in a good way. Because I feel yeah. like towards the end of Last of Us, again, when I was talking about getting used to those mechanics of I switch my gun, I go crouch behind something and heal, yada yada. It became very natural for the gameplay and it wasn't challenging at, at a point. Right. You're pretty powered up by the end of the first one. The ambient, I would agree, like the ambient threat level um, is pretty, pretty high in this game. I heard some people were complaining a bit about AI. And yeah, I think those complaints are fair. Um, but the uh, the game as a whole is is pretty challenging. And I, I don't know if you can go guns blazing nearly as easily in this one. And the game's really rewarding to um, while I was playing. I had kind of thoughts of um, uh, the Batman series. It's like you don't have detective vision in this one, but you are like sneaking around, taking people out one by one. Similar kind of encounter design. And the game really rewards that um, with a lot of uh, strong stealth options. Um, And you mentioned prone. Prone is freaking broken. I love prone. Uh, Speed boost uh, from the skill tree and stuff. Yeah, it's nice to be able to specifically crawl under certain things like... uh let's say trucks or something that has a lifted bed mm-hmm. or if you want to be more sneaky beaky than a crouch or especially if you have something called short grass. Yeah. So like you could tall Pokemon grass, you cosplay. can crouch in and do the Pokemon cosplay <laughs> or short grass. You can just like lay completely down in. Mm-hmm. and enemies almost have to be on top of you to detect you. If you're prone in yeah. grass, um, it's really, really hard for them to see you. Also, there's also, I- Sorry. hate slash like let's say you're in the grass and an enemy's coming up you're like i'm just gonna bust a cap in their forehead mm-hmm. when you go to aim the camera's not like oh they're in grass let me clear that for them yeah you gotta figure out where the fuck you're aiming at because you're in grass mm-hmm. so it doesn't give you a little freebie out yeah i definitely had um so if you're like behind cover and that doesn't do like the kill switch blind firing really 
if you're behind cover and you want to take a shot at somebody, um, you hold the aim button and you'll pop out of cover a bit. And there's the uh, the like the sound effect of someone is watching you and you're about to be detected, which I kind of like. As I a, love as that because a, a lot of times thing. I would just be like stealthing around. I would hear mm-hmm. it, not know where they were, and just go prone. And yeah, then I'd move drop. my camera around to be like that fucker. Mm-hmm. Because with the listening vision, they will not show you people who are in your actual vision. Mm-hmm. So if there's like a guy down the street who you can see from where your camera is, they're not going to show up with that sound. Now they might blend into the background and your eyes might not catch them. Yeah. So a lot of times I'd come across people after it, like going into sensory mode and completely miss them because they yeah. were just physically right in front of me. Um, yeah. And sensory modes still pretty great. Although I think the game wants you to use it in a way that's like not completely optimal. I'll get to that in a second though. I, if you pop out, you can take a you can aim on somebody, but you'll become visible for mm-hmm. a moment. Now, if you are prone and you go to aim, you do the like Sam Fisher style, like, oh, I'm going to like lay down backwards or yeah. uh, solid snake style um, and take them out. And you don't reveal yourself anymore when you do that. So you can get to like the edge of a bush or some shrub or something. Clear that visual obs- obscure. I, I wanted to say obscuration, but that's not a word. Um the grass that's blocking your, your path, basically find your little out, just sit there and then just pop people as they're coming by. It works pretty well. Recommend it. No, tall strats. grass is good. hundred percent. But, um, I like those additions. I think they're, they're additive. Everything mechanically, I think that was changed. None of it is surprising addition to like a part two. Um, it's here in the name you shouldn't expect that they're changing everything about the game. Mechanically, it's still pretty similar just with some improvements. Yeah. I, again, going back to the increased ambient threat level, um, enemies seem to be a lot more cognizant of things going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if I killed somebody and left their body in the middle of the street, somebody else might come along and be like, this person's dead. Something yeah. probably killed them and they'll mm-hmm. go and search after you. Um, and they're usually good if you're somewhat exposed being like, they're over there and then tell yeah. other people that uh, in the same way zombies would be like, ah, and then all the zombies are like, oh, oh, right there. Thanks, yeah. Tim. <laughs> Tim the Brower. And they I will also, say that. So good. I was going to say they also have fucking dogs, which they would be do. like, hey, you have a scent trail now. The dog is going to follow you. So you end up killing dogs in this game. Mm-hmm. Which I, yeah, not, I don't think many people are a fan of that inclusion no. for that fact. Uh, mechanically, from a difficulty perspective, it is an interesting bump. The dogs are also uh, more alert when um, people are in a general state of alertness. So they will pick up on your trail a lot more. Um, if they're looking for you as opposed to just their standard just on patrol. patrol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is more of an incentive to like stay actually quiet. Um, you can decoy the dogs too, like throw a brick or like a bottle and the owner will pretty much always send the dog off to investigate, which can buy you some time. Um, which is all just feeds into the, the resource usage of the game, which is 
it's dang near perfect i feel like uh to 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 get into something i really really appreciate about the last of us is it the um, resource management yeah like as i was playing through this game i kept thinking like i played seven days to die we've played rust we've played like co-op zombie survival games things like that and none of them felt as good in the resource usage is like the last of us to me so i think the main difference is with the last of us it is a guided path versus something like rush or seven days where it's super open-ended but they just kind of have like nodes throughout the game where they have to reset them after a time so you're not constantly exploring for things right you always have access to it whereas in this you're constantly exploring and encouraged to explore because you run out of resources because you're not perfect. You Mm. might use some of your ammo on body shots. So it's less efficient. You now have less bullets. Maybe you have no bullets and now you have to stealth. Yeah. Um, Maybe you don't have a bottle around or a Molotov and you have to rearrange your situation. Or when Mm. you come up on something, you might have to say like, okay, I have X amount of things I can craft. But let's say I want to make a Molotov. I now can't make a health kit. Right. Those are exclusive. Take the same resources. I think it was the same way. Exactly. Yeah, it was the same way in one for them. Um, I think the thing for me, though, is um, in some ways, I feel like they take it a little bit too far in The Last of Us. And that you have like, you can get a full clip for a gun and then usually hold in reserve one additional clip. And that's about it. Like you can get a rifle for one of the characters and unlock like a three round burst modification, which I did, but I fully knew I would be able to fire that like four times, regardless of how much ammo I started with before I'd be completely out. <laughs> like, Cause they don't let you keep very much extra, but I just meant like, like the bug out bag idea. It's like, Oh, if I were to go out and salvage in a city, I bring like some health supplies maybe some like grenades or whatever, but then you'll need to use them. Um, the last of us Two puts you in situations where it incentivizes actually using your resources and you can feel a bit anxious if you don't have them. Yeah. If you know you're going into, you an always want to have like, something oh. on deck yeah. because certain situations will come out. Where you're like, you know, be really useful, a pipe bomb mm-hmm. to explode a bunch of enemies or set a trap here and lure them in. Because, yeah. again, I'm low on bullets because I suck at aiming. Um, which, again, tri- goes back into the encouraging you to go out and explore and find shit. And I, I feel like you can trade resources for effort, too. Like, there's you'll oftentimes come into encounters where it's like, if I had rifle ammo, this would have been trivial. I would have had to have burned through most of my rifle ammunition, but I could have just destroyed this. You mentioned the pipe bombs. There were some encounters where I'm like, there is one large shambler infected. And if I could just throw two pipe bombs at it and then shoot it like twice, Mm -hmm. this encounter would not happen. It would just be done. Right. But I'm out of explosives. So we're going to have to do this like Rambo, Um, which means dying five times and then retrying something completely different. So what was your normal approach? Did you, try and stealth a lot of things first yeah i i did try to stealth like a lot of the game but 
I wasn't the best at it. And I, I got better later. I got better. Um, I got better later, but I definitely had plenty of encounters that went loud against my will. <laughs> yeah, this is, is a throwback to our Payday 2 episode. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, always same boat. I will always attempt stealth because it's more resource, resource efficient, mm-hmm. but I will fuck up. Um, so then I'm doing like mad dashes, running around, uh, trying to use cover, get some pop shots on either zombies or people, um, and just try and like run and gun until someone says, I think that's all of them. Yeah. Which I got to uh-huh. say, I do like as I do a like cue. So I'm like, oh, that encounter is done. I'm not going to mm. just go <laughs> walking yeah. on by and then get killed by somebody and then have more- to restart the encounter. More likely, just unnecessarily sneak, right? That's the other thing. As as soon as you hear that, I think that's all of them. You know you can just get up, run around, and loot everything. Yeah. Which is the other aspect. Like, there's some encounters you can just run past. I think I, ra- I, I straight up ran past under, like, a handful of encounters in the game. Um, a lot of them have doors you have to, like, interact with for a period of time. It's kind of a soft... You either snuck here and you're going out splinter cell like or everybody's dead yeah um but there are other times you can just jump like across a gap or run up some stairs or something and the encounter is done but if you do that if you don't clear it you missed out on all of that loot and it might have been really useful (laughs) yeah i mean there's always a trade-off but it's nice to have the option because there were some points in the game where i felt under resourced like i literally had two bullets i was Mm -hmm. too lazy to stealth seven people yeah so it would go loud and i would sprint um Mm -hmm. and i would just get far enough away from people get to the interactable door or wherever i needed to go jump out a window Mm -hmm. and i'd be like okay cool we'll assess the next battle and try and get resources for that encounter yeah so it's nice to not always have to fight if you want to go sneaky beaky and just manage your resources in a different way. Yeah. I feel like those, those limitations on resources, how dangerous everything is. It makes it feel more like a survival game than most survival games I've played. Yeah. Cause you literally are opting into certain things like, Oh, I want to explore this other path. There's definitely some zombies down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm willing to venture that risk for the possible loot gain. Yeah. Yeah, I care. Uh, it's testament to the the balancing of the game that I cared about loot till the very end of it. There was times I was like overstocked, or I had pretty much everything in stock, and there was times I was almost completely depleted. Um, but for the most part, I was always like, "Oh, it's saying I can't pick up any fabric. Let me open the inventory. Okay, I'm down one med pack. Let me craft a med pack. All right, now yeah. let's go back, grab the fabric." Makes the Molotov. A lot of the skill tree upgrades are like more efficiency with like you can craft two of these at once instead of just one. And I'm like, yep, I'm going to be using bombs more. Um, can we talk about that? The fucking skill trees that they have now? Yeah. So I think before, again, it was like a week. Mm-hmm. I think it was just one skill tree. It was like one or two. There was very few. If there, if there was multiples, I'll look it up. I'll fact I just check remember uh, you could have more health faster crafting um there's probably something for gun stability but it's kind of across the board everything had a benefit but it wasn't a huge benefit 
Whereas in this one, they have specific things for benefiting your crafting, making you more resource efficient when crafting, um, enabling your gunplay a little bit more with stability, recoil, reload speed, stealth, explosives. Had a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, there was. um, So you were 100% correct. The first game had one tree and almost everything that existed in that tree was moved to the second one. Increase list and mode radius, increase max health, reduce crafting time, use health kits faster. Uh, and then the end of it allowed you to make shivs um, to be able to kill clickers when you're grabbed by them instead of, I think the first game was instant death if you did not have that ability. Clipper, clickers always killed you if they grabbed you. Yeah. Um, and this one, Ellie, who you play as for, I would say like the, the majority, 60% of the game maybe? Half. Uh, half, yeah. Um, she is freaking awesome and she spent her entire life fighting infected so she can just kill clickers like it just might take a little bit longer if you don't have the fast kill animation thing yeah but, but it's uh, like you sneak up to choke somebody out she just does it with a shiv she always takes exactly. that knife on her yeah uh the other character you can play um actually has to use shivs like joel did to kill clickers yeah um but yeah uh, what were they going with that? Oh yeah, skill trees were awesome. One of the things I loved about them was um, the divergent play styles. Because there's like five different like skill books basically you have to get like per character to max it out. Um, you can't really max everything. And so you can make some choices. Like my Ellie uh, I made really stealthy and tried to make her really resource efficient. Um, but not that much direct force. So maybe not the best with guns. And all of this just fed back into, I wish there was like a co-op game like The Last of Us that was actually survival that had that sort of difficulty. You know, go out in the world and spend resources and get stuff. But, uh, you know, that's life. We can can ask for it. Mm -hmm. Can we get that? Wasn't a way out. It wasn't that co-op, and uh... <laughs> there there are good. I'm. It's. I guess maybe it's always a monkey's paw to be like, I want another zombie-like <laughs> open world multiplayer survival crafting game. You're like, do you really want that? Are you sure? I want a good one though. Here's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I I did quite enjoy the skill trees. Um, highly impacted i feel like we should talk about the elephant of the room of we keep saying like oh you there are the characters you can play as Mm -hmm. we're obviously in last of us you played as joel for most of it and then ellie for a segment or two whereas this game is ellie and drum roll abby joel oh okay (laughs) (laughs) who the fuck is abby exactly Um, you also play as joel (laughs) do you a very brief period. There might be like um, a mission. Actually, do you? I feel like that. I, I feel like do. yeah. When when you isn't when you arrive again. I play is less than a week, and I've already forgotten. No, no. You 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 are playing as Ellie when you arrive at the cabin. The second time, the first time you're playing as Abby. You're right. Yep. So Abby, who's Abby? <laughs> Abby literally comes out of the blue, as far as you're concerned, story wise. She's with this other group of people. They come across the settlements called Jackson. 
started, maybe not started by, but currently led by Tommy and Maria, who we met in the first game. Hmm. And they're looking for somebody, and we don't know who. So these events are kind of going on at the same time that Ellie's getting used to her life in Jackson. They're going on patrols with people, trying to clear infected, et cetera, et cetera. To their credit, Jackson's actually shown in the first game, too. Yeah. Which is cool. That's the thing I said. Oh, I didn't I didn't realize you said it was also shown in the first game. They established it, but they show it in the game in a cutscene. Like Oh yeah. Well, they're it's on also horses. more developed because this the the events of this game are happening four years afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So things have changed. Everybody's older and wiser question mark. No, nah, not really. <laughs> As it turns out, no. <laughs> but I mean the short version is um the person who they're looking for is Joel specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through some events, uh, they find Joel and they blow out his fucking leg <laughs> and then beat him to death with a golf club. Yeah. Abby does after she's after he saves her. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> so through a lot of the game, you're like, fuck Abby. She killed Joel. Mm-hmm. Though, as we talked about in the first game, Joel's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. And we talked about what he did at the end of game one, which is save Ellie's life against her wishes because she wanted to help people find a cure, lied about it, and then killed all the fireflies there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Now, we're theorizing who would this piss off? Mm-hmm. Abby, um, <laughs> the child of the doctor Joel killed. <laughs> yeah, so that's revealed yeah. a lot later. But her whole motivation is the doctor who was going to provide the cure and perform the surgery on Ellie is like the first guy. Well, I guess not the first guy. Yeah, he's he's part Before of. Before you start booking <laughs> off, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, and that's not shown until much later. So a lot of this game seems to be events happen and then you get the look back, whether mm-hmm. playing as Abby or through a flashback saying like, hey, here's how fucked up it actually was. Right. So, I mean, they, the, the reason they do that that way, I think, is because on that first playthrough, you have the experience and the knowledge of the characters you're playing as. And then they come back and provide context from the other side. So they put you in Ellie's shoes when she's seeing Joel get his brain smashed out by a golf club, but they have no justification for why those other people might do that because Ellie doesn't know. Yeah. So in that regard, I do like that. Um, but from a gameplay standpoint, it feels a little bit weird to me to play like essentially the first half of the game as mm-hmm. Ellie up to a certain point of the game. And then when it comes to like this cliffhanger, it switches yeah. to Abby stuff and goes back mm-hmm. to like the past couple of days. Um, yeah. So you get a lot of Abby's backstory and the other side of things, which clarifies it a lot. She's not an innately awful person per se. You understand her motives. Um, but by then I think Jim Sterling put it in a good st- a, a good way where they're trying to make me feel bad for things that I did like 13 hours ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it's like when you get you get the ability to pet the one dog who you mm-hmm. killed like 10 hours ago like but the dog was trying to kill me um, yeah it's i i guess the way i'd put it is it's kind of like it's like anti-war propaganda basically or anti-violence propaganda yeah. or empathy propaganda it's it's that is the theme of the game uh more or less is it's trying to humanize everybody exactly exactly even the dogs especially the dogs um and the everybody <laughs> right. we have a furry version of the last of us thank you <laughs> now i i'm gonna keep my request just for the multiplayer survival crafting thing <laughs> you can get the furry furry version and you but... can be the scaly anyway um <laughs> i don't know I, I don't know i'm not sure i want to know <laughs> i'm pretty sure i don't actually uh it, what's funny um you so you described like the the motivation pretty much for these characters their conflicts and whatnot uh it's kind of telling how easy it is to summarize some of this stuff like these people show up they kill joel they leave they go back to seattle ellie and a friend go chase them down there's a conflict there they kill a bunch of people like you can say very quickly what happens in this game for the most part um but it takes a long time to get there <laughs> there's yeah there's there's a lot between a and b that happens in the game i should say yeah it's definitely an eye for an eye makes the whole world go blind um but i gotta say i really do like ellie's arc in this yeah so just as a reminder for everybody ellie's gay surprise mm-hmm. surprise we As found that out game. from the DLC <laughs> of the first one. Yeah. Um, her romantic interest is who she got bitten with. Um, she starts a relationship with this character, Dina. Um, she, Dina's not bitten, for clarification. No, no, no. no. This was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened in the DLC. Uh, yeah. Dina is somebody who lives in Jackson and is a friend of hers and goes with her on this journey to avenge joel and find out like what's going on right yeah but it's really cool to see her initial how ellie's getting into this relationship and mm-hmm. how she's cautious about certain things oh and yeah and her emotions flare at certain times for like anybody who's because she's like what around 18 19 be, she would have been 18 yeah because she was 14 in the first game and this is four years later yeah so all of those things were great to see and very natural in the progression and then as events transpire i should mute my discord <laughs> <laughs> i didn't hear anything um as events transpire you see ellie's character and demeanor kind of change mm-hmm. as she kind of descends into this this is my sole focus to get vengeance and people comment on it a lot like the one friend jesse who's with her is like hey after we rescue tommy we're good mm-hmm. to go right like yeah. you can squash the rest of this beef and we yeah. can get dina back because she's not feeling well and she's like yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's fine it's fine and then it's not um yeah it's never enough is one of the one of the themes there they did really rip off sylvanas talking about this re- this revenge arc um <laughs> uh but that's okay but i mean i still think they do it in a really 
that's sarcastic i don't, I don't think that's oh, actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just want to reinforce i do think they do it in a very nice clean way oh yeah mm-hmm. again for I, ellie's art i think yeah. that was really nice because like you I'm, see her get the shit kicked out of her constantly from just like getting injuries along the way um yeah. and she's still like determined to do all these things mm-hmm but that, that is her character. She's, to their credit, Naughty Dog's credit, they carry that through 100% from the first one. Ellie is never one to give up. No, she it's doesn't shy away from shit. It's just not until part two that not giving up. It was a good trait in the first one. It's a good trait for some of the second one. It turns into a bad trait by the end of it. Um, not being able to let things go is, you know, part of the downfall, I guess. Yeah. Um, there's you mentioned Dina and the friend that comes up. There's there's Jesse? a bunch of drama, Jesse. Yeah, and I actually really like Jesse. He's uh, I have notes here that he's he's basically he's soft spoken, witty, uh, incredibly capable. One thing I love uh, that Naughty Dog does in their storytelling is some of these NPCs, quote unquote, that are out here in the world are like way cooler than the player ever is. Um, Tommy comes up to avenge joel so that ellie won't be able to basically just like all right i'll take him out before like so they won't come up here and endanger themselves Mm -hmm. and the game depicts him as just a ba like he murders so many people with his freaking sniper rifle and i'm just like he's just a freaking hacker you know that's the only explanation um yeah it's it's crazy how much you do as like an eight-year-old girl and then mm-hmm. what this like 40-year-old guy does who's just off on his own no yeah. backup he, i mean he's not four years old he's, 40 oh 40 40 yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you said four years old correct guy. dave on this uh, obvious misspeak <laughs> that he did doesn't know the age of characters is dumbass uh, i'm just imagining a four-year-old tommy which is you know the name tommy fits a four-year-old bang I think. bang <laughs> bang just, in the diaper um uh but yeah jesse's also super capable uh there's times some of these characters will head off to accomplish a goal in this case like jesse goes off to um to where he thinks tommy is Mm -hmm. and ellie chooses to go and get information from one of these members that killed joel because she thinks that's where tommy will end up but maybe in the background she also just wants to make this person hurt um and Jesse just does it. Like the next time you see him, he has like he and Tommy are returning because they're super competent and they accomplish it. Um, and I mean, the game mentions it also in their dialogue. There's a part where uh, Dina and Ellie are talking and they're like, when was the first time you killed somebody? And not like an infected, but like you actually had to kill somebody. And Ellie was like, oh, I was like, I think she was 13 or something. And he was like, yeah, I was, I was 10, you know, had to, had to kill somebody because he was like attacking my mom or whatever. You're just like, oh, geez, that's not problems I had to deal with when I was 10 years old, you know? Nope. So these, these people are growing up in the apocalypse where they have to be willing to kill people as young teen as tweens, literally. Um, and then they, you know hope their romantic interests turn out fine and that they can empathize with other people and they don't turn into monsters. Yeah. It's a very 
real life or where they have to grow up very fast. Um, but at the same time, they're still kids. Yeah. Essentially. Like, not all of her thinking is the clearest at times. But at the same time, they are adults going out doing adult shit. There's like a switch, right? It's like they can be talking about their relationships and like Dina's pregnant. Oh, gasp. And like all of the sensitivity of that stuff. And then they run, you know, if they run across a group of people that they're not friendly with, they immediately start sneaking up and murdering them. (laughs) Like there's no, it's just something they have to do. There was Um, a time I think I was, I was on a horseback with Dina. We're going somewhere. And then like some encounter came up and like, we were talking about something, the characters, and then it stops. Like we, we kill the zombies or whatever. We get back mm-hmm. on the horse. She's like, so anyway, where were we? And it <laughs> right. continues the fucking conversation. I was like, uh huh. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's, this is what the future is. It's very commonplace. It's like, this is something we have to deal with now. Let's deal with it. Mm. We deal with infected all the time. Yeah. Um, sneak up stab zombie i love like the simultaneous sneaks oh yeah. you and the npc would be like i'm gonna take this guy out you take the other person out and then it's like the simultaneous <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they have um pretty cool the companions like like we mentioned are incredibly capable um and i think in that case as long as no one's seen the second target there's no one no other enemy has sight on the second target you're your companion will run up and take him down along with you, which is awesome because it could like double the speed of clearing. Um, but the companions are very capable. Um, I watched part of Moist Critical's review, which is like very, it was very critical of the game, more so than I think is necessarily fair. But he literally ran around while he was playing his Ellie in a flashback and just like let Joel shoot things. Um, I was like, that's a good idea. And I never thought of that. So I just died fighting. <laughs> I mean, I definitely thought that too. And watching that video, I was like, I've never run around. <laughs> yeah. There's another time uh, uh, you have some friends with bow and arrow. And they're very capable archers. But they will not fire at enemies that you are near at a risk of hurting you. And I realized that partially through the fight. I was like, oh man, it feels like I'm just getting like overwhelmed. And then I kind of like jumped back for a second to take a breather. And they're just like, all right, now let's take them down, you know, go Legolas style. I'm like, oh, right. (laughs) That was me in there blocking all of your shots. Sorry about that. (laughs) I'm trying to remember the. Who's the kid with the apple? I'm a kid with the apple. He was like an apple I'm, on his head and like a dad with like a bow and arrow. Oh, right. Uh, I'm going to Google it actually because I don't remember. Um, Quick references with Dave. Topical. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, wow. Okay. There's a lot of news stories. So that's not what I want. Um, Florida? Florida? Um, <laughs> it does, there's a fair amount of Florida in here. Um, so while Germans, you're looking that up, it's not, it's yeah. not important as well. Why are you doing that? Okay. There you go. So, as we're at 51 minutes, and I don't want to have this be as long as the other episode, mm-hmm. what strengths 
major strengths do you think that two had? And then we'll get into what flaws do you think Last of Us Part Two had? Okay. I mean, we covered some of the major strengths. I would definitely put mechanically um, the game part of it, where you're you're doing stuff and you're not sitting back watching a cutscene, is it's really strong. Um, I think that uh, I mean it's always engaging when I'm playing, and yeah. you can never like autopilot through a section. You're always two one to two decisions away from dead. Or one to two decisions away from completely clearing an encounter like some awesome Terminator. Um, also, to its credit, so one, graphically, everything looks fucking gorgeous. Oh, yeah. So, and that to farm that scene. end, every that scene. scene. Um, yeah. But, like, to that end, if I'm exploring an area, it feels very natural. It's not like, oh, I've come to an encounter space. It's not a separate entity. Everything is part of the world. And even when I'm exploring, it's half, it feels natural for where I'm going to explore and half, I don't know where the fuck I'm going. Mm -hmm. So that felt really good too. Cause it's really easy to make a linear game where it's like, go down this hallway over to the door. That's what you have to yeah. do. Or like, here's the obvious indicators. Um, but again, it felt good to, naturally explore something and then find it and be like oh of course it would be here mm -hmm. there is some there is sometimes i wish that there was or there were a few points where i wish i could like hold a button and be like yeah quest objective this way or if you just point your I, camera a little bit like hey dumbass yeah. look up i'm like right 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 if we were gonna mention things i wasn't super hot on uh the hint system was one of them because it would kick the, the the prerequisite for the hint system is you have not reached a certain area by this time like it's, you haven't it's made easier running around for like three minutes is like we should give this guy a hand. <laughs> yeah but see i was looting for those three minutes i was purposefully not going forward and then i roughly knew where i needed to end up but i had dedicated no time to trying to solve that yeah. puzzle yet so i was like i kind of want to just do this but that stupid indicator in the corner of my screen that pops up every time i go to some other interactable and then back is too obnoxious for me to leave here so i'm going to hit the button and i'll hear that internal monologue you know um Kind of bothered me. A little bit, little bit upset about that one. Well, Happened that like twice in, twice in 20 hours, but still. <laughs> also a minor gripe. Opening drawers mm -hmm. was like one of the longer animations and there's never mm -hmm. anything in the fucking drawer. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of dumb. I don't, I don't get that actually. Again, super minor. Um, I just remember it sticking out of my mind. I'm like, open another drawer. I'm like, okay. Okay, and then moving on. <laughs> it's the kind of thing I can I can understand from a design perspective, but not like an implementation perspective, not like a playtest perspective. Because from a design perspective, maybe you're like, make some drawers empty so people never know whether they're going to get something or they won't get something. But then someone must have played the game and they're like, half of your drawers are broken because there's nothing in them and there's no reason for me to waste time opening this nonsense, right? <laughs> yeah, and I get it. part of it is... Like, it's a desolate world, and obviously mm -hmm. there wouldn't be some fucking supplies everywhere. It's kind of ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. But for part of the loot system, it was cool to be like, oh, there's pills in the bathroom? That's where there were a lot of the time. Oh, Which yeah. makes fucking sense. Yeah. So I liked when they did things like that. Oh, there's alcohol in the places that would have alcohol, like a bar or like right. a bathroom behind a mirror, that type of stuff. Kindergarten. 
teacher drinks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's I, I, cool. I, I had a note for this that I removed, uh, but I was gonna say that it's a better post-apocalyptic world than Fallout. Well, even I like saw you type it the and then erase it. it. I was like, I don't want to always mention Fallout, but it's true. Everything you mentioned there, the world feels like it's aged twenty years. The only thing that's real unforgivable is gasoline doesn't stay usable that long. So that's unfortunate. Zero out of ten. <laughs> Zero out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers for my final review. How all right? How about one more strength before we get into some late bashing? I think. I think for the most part, the characters are really well written, just as they were in the first. Um, they make you care about characters that maybe don't even have all that much screen time by just having like a couple interactions and seeing how they relate to the characters that you do care more about. Um, more on Ellie's side, I would say, than Abby's. Um, Agreed. Ab- Abby's feels more contrived, but on Ellie's side, like Jesse. I literally mentioned the pregnancy and then we're never going to explain it. And that's just going to be how the podcast goes. <laughs> but um, uh, like Jesse is a great character from just a couple interactions where like uh, Ellie's talking to him about how Joel thought that she liked Jesse. And oh, Ellie's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but you're not my type. And Jesse's like, you mean you don't like Asians? And he, and Ellie's just like, yep, that's that's exactly right. But like the thing is, like, he, he knows that like her and da- Dina are dating or yeah, involved yeah. at this point. So it's like an, a tongue in cheek joke. But yeah, exactly. It's like a really nice, friendly back and forth, right? Yeah. Another thing, like when Dina tells Ellie that she's pregnant, she's like, "Don't worry, it's not yours." Uh huh. Yeah. And it's like, no shit. But again, it's a great fucking friendly jib, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's pronounced gib. I think. Studio uh, Ghibli? <laughs> yeah. Studio Giblets. <laughs> <laughs> um, or any of the flashbacks where Ellie is like a younger child and they're having like bonding experiences with Tommy or Joel. Awesome. Freaking awesome gameplay. And it's inherited straight from the first game. Um. And by that, I mean, the first game was all building relationships and establishing it. Mm-hmm. And there's some of that in the second game in part two. Um, and I just, I love the sniping segment. I love the dinosaur park. The, it's the just, dinosaur park was probably the, one of the best parts of that game for me. That yeah, was easily I, the strongest flashback moment. I would agree. There's so much in it. Hello, Joel, it's for you. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, that one just hit me in the feels. Um, I know, yeah, it's like it's right there, it's just just under the surface, and it's the the crazy thing to me. This actually leads into a downside mm-hmm. for a transition. Um, my favorite parts of the game, like, didn't have any gameplay attached to them. Uh, as far as what's impactful, what I'm going to remember, some of them, some there were some cool touchstones or like set piece things that involved gameplay, but. The standout best moments of the game were the character interactions. And that made me almost resent the gameplay for spreading them apart. Toward the end, I would say. When the game gets 20 plus hours. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. We're going to go past an hour, but I need to talk about a couple things. No, that's fair. I mean, honestly, if this is part two, then it needs to be twice as long. So we should, should hit Ooh. three hours. Ooh, buckle in, kids. <laughs> buckle in. <laughs> so I didn't dislike playing as Abby by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool to get some other story stuff in there. But there were so many characters that they had in this game. While mm-hmm. they had some nice interactions and stuff, you're like, oh, that's cool. I did not give a fuck about them. And even if they had moments to be like, hey, here's why you're going to care about so-and-so. Nope. Not for me. <laughs> right? So, like, when Yara died, didn't really phase me that much. When Manny died, didn't really phase me that much. And they also kind of just go right by that shit, too. I mean, I think that's the better way to handle Manny's death. Yara's death is more dramatic. Yara's death should be more dramatic and as far as the she's story. Like a child soldier almost, basically. Yeah, and she has an alive sibling still. Yeah. Um, Ma- Manny's, I, I did just want to say just real quick for Manny's. Yeah. He just gets like shot in the eye and Abby closes the door right behind him. Tommy kills Manny. And it's just like flash kill. They do that with Manny. They do that with Jesse. Um, where they just die in a few frames and then it's just like that person's freaking dead. I actually appreciate that because it's almost the saving private Ryan sort of death comes fast. So appreciate life. Yeah. Cause usually like that happens, but stuff's still going on. It's yeah. not like, mm-hmm. Oh, the person died. Let's everybody take a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, I'm being shot at. So people are fucking hauling ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to that end. Yeah. But at the same time, like so many other people along, like let's say the Abby team die. And I'm like, mm. okay. Yeah. I didn't necessarily like them as characters. I wasn't as invested in them for whatever reason. So essentially Abby's gameplay, it's still like the same type of gameplay. They didn't change mm-hmm. anything mechanically. So it kind of felt long-ish to a point, but then it seemed like, oh, we're meeting back up to the same point in the timeline that's yeah. going to resolve, and then the game's going to end. So when I messaged Jake and Justin on Discord saying, oh, I'm almost done, at that point in time, I believe that to be true. <laughs> right. <laughs> but herein lies what Jake and I found out is after that sequence resolves, I'm like, oh, they're going to roll credits, and this mm-hmm. is a fine place to end. Yeah. And game I thought ends. this would be a fine place <laughs> to end like five more times. Yeah. So like they keep adding things onto it. I don't think any of it is explicitly bad or necessarily superfluous or something. It's superfluous, excessive. I think it all fits in the narrative that they wanted to deliver. Mm-hmm. It's just at that point I was like, "Oh, it could end here. You still have your me- a good message." Yeah. Um but I think they wanted to draw it out for the sake of you continue to see Ellie's degradation of revenge and how she changes and kind of pushes away everything else. That's not that it yeah. keeps going through the struggles, but pushing through like, this is my only goal. Yeah. So to that end, I did like that, but I was just like, Holy fuck. Is it going <laughs> to end? It's, I agree entirely. I don't think it just, it just did not need to be that long. And 
so the tail end of the game starts to feel a little bit contrived post. So there's the major conflict where it's like, is Abby going to kill Ellie? And then it goes into the Abby flashback for like 14 hours. It's yeah. not 14, but it is like it's six. <laughs> it's a long time. Um, and after that's resolved and they're like, all right, we're not going to immediately kill each other because Ellie can't because <laughs> Abby chooses not to. <laughs> um, they have so many ways to tie it up, but instead they're like, here's our main plot line. And that is revenge ruins people. So in order to get to the end, we're going to wrap the setting and the plot and the events and everything around this. Like it's a freaking soap opera to arrive at the end. And it becomes less and less believable. Like the last act of the game just seems like someone had a list of plot notes and they're like, you have to hit this. Ellie has to save them. Ellie has to refuse to let them go. Yeah. They have to fight in the water. Like that felt very Metal Gear Solid to me. I don't know why. <laughs> it, it, it was. It was a hundred percent like that. The fight at the top of the um, the structure from MGS Four. Yeah. <laughs> liquid. If Stay. if one of them would have yelled liquid, that would have just redeemed. gestures around them. Liquid. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it it feels kind of nitpicky to like for a game that's that's so good to to call this out, but and it feels bad to say this entire locale of California and all of the effort you put in all of these assets. I didn't need this in the game, and I think the game might have been better without it. That feels really petty, you know. Especially since we play for video game, we pay for video games. Yeah, but. Well, it's not like we're bashing it for that. It's just a constructive criticism on our part. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying they suck. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Not even sucks because they made they made a mistake. It's just a direction that we would have possibly changed it in. I think some of the story could have been shortened or rearranged a little bit to make it a Mm -hmm. little more concise and directed. But Mm -hmm. I would say I I did like the um, the humanizing of the Abbey Fire Team. I missed a lot of the whole Ellie kills a bunch of people. You go back and you meet the other people from another character's perspective where their allies is the TLDR. But um, I think I think it's a cool storytelling segment, if nothing else, because other people don't do this, right? Like if you're playing a survival game or a first-person shooter, you don't see the other side. Like in Fallout, legitimately bandits. These guys are bandits. Yeah. Sometimes they have funny dialogue, but they're always bandits because we don't want you thinking about killing them. Yeah, it's not the point of the game is to make you have feels. It's to explore and survive in a wasteland, you know? They're loot pinatas. <laughs> I like and, that term. And The Last of Us doesn't want you to see people as loot pinatas. They literally named like everybody, by the way. Whenever you kill someone, they're all like, Max! <laughs> Sally! <laughs> yep. I think they overdid that a little bit. They did. They did. But, so some of the points that I did like that they had in there because it made me uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Are, there are times, a lot of times you have to like mash the, the square button mm-hmm. to kind of get out of a situation or if you're like grappling with somebody. But this happens a it's lot the in br- cutscenes The brutality. Too. Yeah. Because yeah. it'll be like, hey... At this point, you're playing as Abby, fighting Ellie, and you need to press square to choke her out. And like, 
yeah. I'm not cool with this. Or you mm-hmm. had to like do it to like stab a knife into Abby or to yeah. beat somebody to death. So those moments felt uncomfortable. What's but funny? It's good in that way because they it was supposed to be. As I made a saving private Ryan reference earlier. Yeah. And that exact same scene is duplicated where you mentioned the knife stabbing in with the, the brutality button press. That same thing happens in this game. <laughs> I didn't realize you were inter- so interactive with uh, the Saving Private Ryan movie. <laughs> yeah, I edit the wiki pretty frequently. Jake's has his PS controller while watching the movie. <laughs> Stab <laughs> him! Shoot him! <laughs> Get him! Yeah. Um, they don't over... I think we've reached a good place with um, quick time events where they're not, they're not crazy. Yeah. None of them were obnoxious, which is... There you go. You've accomplished it. You've removed enough quick time events that I'm now okay with them. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of times they were in a a heated moment too, where it yeah. wasn't like if you mess this up, you fuck up and die. It was more of a mm-hmm. there are one thing I really liked is when Abby first runs into Joel and Tommy because she's running from a horde of zombies, which mm-hmm. initially there's like two, and you're like I'm gonna kill one, and then she's like I should run, and I was like. I think we can shoot one or two more. And then there's yeah. like 30 zombies and it's like, the tide. you should sprint. Uh-huh. So you're mass sprinting. You get to this building. There's this, you know, chain link, not chain link, standard fence, metal mm-hmm. fence. Um, and you're like running alongside of it. And like the zombies are just pressing up against it and pushing it down. Oh yeah. And that felt very tense. I think to that like was try chain. and squeeze through. Mm-hmm. So like they do a good job of, for those events making you feel like the actions here you gotta react to survive yeah the fence is like it's 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 basically the trope of like the bridge falling down behind you as you run yeah modified a bit and put into a different escape sequence but those escape sequences are all like really good it's like the Um, movie 2012 you know it's (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean overall i think the game is I do think it's pretty solid. I think if you played the first one and you liked it, you've probably already played this one. If not, then you just should. And I don't know why you're listening to me right now. Um, I could understand why you're listening to Dave, but I don't know why you're listening to me. Um, but uh, if you didn't like the first one, I don't know what's wrong with you. If you didn't like the first one? <laughs> at me, son. Let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> Get you into therapy. Um, but they are, they are very similar in kind of the, the feels trip, uh, slight improvements in gameplay. I can understand the 94 on Metacritic personally. I would put it like high eighties. I think there's a couple things that we mentioned, we went over. I don't think it's one of the best games ever made. Here's, here's the real trick. Cause I know you want us to wrap up. I mean, how Which I is keep wildly game. gesturing with my hands. Yeah, You're just like, I'm in a queue right now for a game. <laughs> what are you going to stop this? Um, Last of Us 1 or 2? Part 1 or Part 2? Which is the better game? So if it's a standalone story, uh, 1 is a better game entirely because it was kind of the first in its genre or space to have a story that good. And a lot mm-hmm. of that story is done through show, not tell. Um, because they never explicitly say anything, 
but you infer these feelings, you get involved in the characters, you get invested in the story. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. things happen, again, I re- replayed this game four years after the fact, still cried like twice. Whereas mm-hmm. Last of Us 2 didn't. And they're also saying a lot of things like, hey, here's a flashback to make you feel something or character mm-hmm. explicitly say something, which is kind of on the nose. Yeah. And again, still great story and great writing, but it doesn't have that same impact. Two definitely yep. has incre- better graphics and gameplay, um, and it's still a great story, but it's hard to be... It's like if they made a Shadow of the Colossus 2, right? Right. More Shadows. The first, the first one set ground for where it was, and it's going to be hard to top for that reason. Mm-hmm. But sequel's still really good. Yep. I would agree with that. I think this is this is more iterative than innovative uh, for The Last of Us. But it gives us um, more of a conclusion to the story, or at least the conclusion to a lot of the plot points. Yeah, if they it make really it three, I'm going to seem... be pissed. That's all I'm saying. I, I kind of feel like they would based off how two ends, but I'm not really sure. They could they could do either way, honestly. They could. I hope they don't, though. Yeah. I think I think this would be a fair place to end it. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> if you'd like to give us direct feedback and you want to use some adult swear words not normally allowed on Christian servers, you can do that mm-hmm. at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you would like to give censored feedback, you could do so on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstone podcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night.